Hey everyone, and welcome back to the show. And today we are excited to announce our new series as a part of Homebase Nation to complement our usual conversations. We'll bring you the stories and topics that shine the light on the veteran and military family population and dive in a bit to what's happening at Homebase here at the Navy Yard in Charlestown, Massachusetts. Thanks for joining us. So um, I went out and I got some some modeling clay because I wanted to kind of show that 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 childlike um, that immaturity type thing. I built up the the surface on the inside with that, and um, and made it smaller, you know, so that you could see like there's a lot less space for the chin on the inside than on the outside. And I wanted to kind of soften it on the inside a little bit too for the same reason. And then I I went out and I bought a pack of like dollar store light bulbs and just smashed them and. Uh, Started putting them in there and just, you know, added added some uh, some blood effect because I, you know, I really kind of wanted to show that, that the, the pain's in there, you know, like there, there's something causing that pain. I'm Ron Hirschberg, your host, and that was Air Force veteran John Hicks describing the inside of the mask that he made while he was participating in Home Base's Intensive Clinical Program, or the ICP. Today we start by sharing a story of expression and how sometimes the way we start the process of healing is not through talking, but through art. And this is a story about what's on the inside or outside of our mask and how we can tell our own story in a unique way. We know that trauma affects the language systems in the brain. And so um, it can be really difficult for people to express their uh, traumatic experiences, talk about their stressful emotions, um, especially if they haven't been asked to do that before. So we utilize art specifically as one of the first interventions in the intensive program um, to offer a door or a window into uh, helping somebody express those experiences or find language for things that are difficult to talk about. So my my name is Jennifer Neeland. Uh, I'm an expressive arts therapist and a mindful movement instructor, and I direct um, the expressive arts therapies in the ICP and support art therapy and expressive art therapy in a lot of different aspects at home base. Um, we offer the mask project very specifically as the first intervention that clients work in in a group together. Let's step back for a second and talk a bit about creativity and healing. Together, they have been the yin and yang for centuries. And when it comes to the arts and medicine interrelationship, I always learn something new when talking with my friend and colleague, Dr. Lisa Wong, who's co-director of the Arts and Humanities Initiative at Harvard Medical School. I think for most cultures, health and art have actually been quite connected. There are the shamans, healers that come and sing and dance when people are sick. In Italy, there's the tarantella, which was named because the legend is that people bitten by a tarantula dance a frenzied dance in order to sweat out and release its poison. So the use of the arts has always been tied to humanity and humanism. Over the centuries, we've separated it out more and put some of those art pieces into museums and elevated them to be untouchable objects of beauty. But I think the opportunity now is to bring the community back together around the making of art, the communal enjoyment of art, the celebration of creativity, without so much of the elevation of certain kinds of art over others. 
So yes, what is created in an art therapy session can also be beautiful. But Jen points out that it's not just about the final product. It's the process that enables us to express what we want to say. All of the... All of the projects are so profound when you hear somebody talking about their the different pieces that mean different things. Uh, as far as the outside goes, there's basically kind of cuts from the forehead down to the cheeks going over each eye, uh, and they are partially sutured together. And um, So once you get the artist's you know, version and the details behind the mask, it really... You can see, like, the musculature and and things beneath it. The sutures are are kind of broken right over the eyes, and so where they're tight down at the extreme ends, they're they're a lot looser there, so there's there's been some healing. Like, the visual aspects kind of melt away. But obviously those those scars remain, and they're they're kind of able to move a little bit. That dark, like the the, the the darkness, so to speak, the the things that are are causing me issues. Like it's it's not static. It's it's you know it could loosen up more, or it could be tightened again. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 dynamic. And that's the whole point: is that it's not about the visual part. It's about the process of creating and what supported um, after that. And so, today on the show, we're looking at that intersection of art and medicine on the connection of expressive arts therapy and mental health. So when people come into the the art therapy group, we usually have um, like all of their materials set aside for them. The materials are kind of basic. There's just paint and markers and um, crayons and pencils. And um, a lot of people gravitate towards the paint, um, broken glass, the cracked mirrors. Um, mirrors were one of the biggest materials that we would go through pretty rapidly. Same with tape, caution tape. Tape is easy for people to kind of grasp onto. Um, Sometimes, you know, mixing your own paint is hard or daunting. Um, So anytime that I'm able to offer something that's just a little bit easier to approach um, can sometimes be really helpful for people. Mask work is steeped in human history and in many cultures around the world. Mask therapy work with service members stems from work with art therapist Melissa Walker at Creative Forces at the National Intrepid Center of Excellence, or NICO, which is a part of Walter Reed Medical Center. To kind of give context to the mask uh, session, we ask on the outside of the mask, um, how do you feel like you portray yourself to others or what parts of yourself do you feel comfortable sharing with others? The, the outside of the mask is representing or what we think we're showing the world. Using, and, and I explain this to the group, you know, using the materials that you have, you can use images, colors to represent the answer to that inspirational question. And then on the, the inside, inside of the mask is, you know, what's inside. You, you know, know what are the things, what's what are parts mask, of your personality and, that you um, don't feel comfortable sharing with others? What is, what is that that you hide um, that you don't share? 
sometimes people want to use those prompts and sometimes they don't. And I make that very clear because that is those two questions are really difficult. Um, and maybe somebody's not in a space to really process those. Um, but in general, whenever we sit down to create, the body and mind will kind of decide what needs to come out. Um, that's why it's expression. It's, it's, it's releasing that which we hold inside. So Dr. Wong tells us there is an inherent connection between healing and the use of our senses as clinicians as well. Well, in medicine, we think that it's all brain work, but you and I know it's not. In medicine, there's hands-on work, the touch, the drawing of the blood, examining the patient. It's using physical touch to reassure and in physical therapy to stretch, strengthen, mold. We're always using our tactile senses, and you can't separate that away. The information that's coming to you through your hands is really, really critical. So what does that mean for things like mask making and art making in a therapeutic setting? It re-engages the body, the human touch, those parts of our body that we've sort of separated away. Mask making has not been met with open arms all the time or an open mind. Jen has seen this from time to time. It does happen where people come in and they feel like, you know, why am I using art? Or they have a lot of self-judgment about, um, you know, I'm not creative. I'm not an artist. Why am I using this? You know, sometimes art just doesn't work for people. And that's okay, too. That's why we have multiple different integrative therapies offered in the ICP. I remember there was one guy in the cohort who didn't participate. He just, uh, not sure why, but... You know, I understand. Um, I mean, it's not going to be for everybody or maybe it's not for everybody at every time. So I I offer multiple different ways to kind of start using art because you can – creativity is is very broad. um, And we all have it within ourselves because we use – the imaginative and creative process as we grow, as we learn the world. And so we can continue doing that. Um, It just takes a little while to kind of like let go of the judgments and let go of um, what this idea of art is supposed to be. Part of the reason a lot of us ended up needing to come here in the first place is because we were holding a lot back. And and that was preventing us from from processing things on a deeper level. Uh, or, or from a more mindful place, that simple prompt, the act of doing whatever you're doing, taking some of your your focus and and allowing that question to ruminate is is still going to to have an effect. We had a couple of um, clients that came in and um, I introduced the project. They kind of didn't really have like a direction in session and I tried to offer a couple of different things and they were like, no, that's okay. Um, And so then we got to the end where everybody explains their mask and it was like you could visually see this like light bulb go off. The language may not be accessed or not there at all. And we recognize that the important thing here is the process of creating a unique and personalized mask so that the conversations can accompany and can follow. The arts are a way of of expressing ourselves through other channels than words. Sometimes the injury, the trauma is so deep 
that there aren't words to describe it. Sometimes the mind is still processing the injury and it hasn't really come into a concrete understanding of what it is or can't face it. It's very hard to put something this deep, this complex, this painful into something like words. I think um, so many of us who have, who have dealt with you know, trauma in some capacity, we have an, a difficult time kind of describing emotion. Uh, we, we have the vocabulary, but we can't always correlate a feeling, something, something, something more primal. We can't necessarily, uh, correlate that with, with words to express it. And, um, you know, for me, art has filled in the gaps to where I'm able to get some of that stuff out when I don't have the words. So for me, the, the, the thought of that, it, it really kind of, and kind of looking into the prompt and seeing what exactly we were going to be doing there with these masks to what we we're going to be trying to, to show. Uh, it really kind of opened up a new, kind of a new way of thinking for me about art and about these issues that I'd been having. So Jen tells us we see patterns and themes that veterans can bring to their masks, which can have a powerful shared meaning. But at the same time, the individual mask holds its own story. Just generally, there are, and and Walter Reed found this too, there's a lot of really great research um, looking at themes of these masks and, you know, the theme of having a split sense of self or a split face is um, is very common um using mirrors using the the cracked or broken texture um these things are 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 seen regularly um melissa walker talked a lot about how certain um symbolism and imagery depicts you know things like how a person is connected to their support system or um what their response to being in the military was like if they use certain symbols um so it's it's really quite interesting like we could see like in the group that 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 i was in um i remember one one of our our cohort mates great guy um as he was explaining what, what his mask meant, I mean, you could see how emotional he was becoming. And he actually had to get up and leave the room. I mean, because it creating that mask helped him to open a door that he'd had closed and that he wasn't really able to show every other day of his life. And by doing that, that, that gave him the ability to open that door, to show that part of himself. And he allowed himself to be more vulnerable than he, than he had been. And, and it had you know, a significant reaction. When talking with John and hearing him describe how mask-making pulled out his emotions from inside the mask and outside, it was clear to me that he finds peace in this process of recovery. And at the same time, he knows it takes time. Personally, I never bought into, you know, the stigma of mental health care. I've been, in, I've been receiving mental health care since like 2003. Um, I've always had very supportive commands when I was in the military, very supportive friends, colleagues, you know, I, I never had that, that shame. And, um, and so I kind of, kind of like being able to have that and, and, and knowing that there are people out there who, who have the fear of getting help. And so I've always tried to wear a lot of my experience 
you know, you know, like wearing my heart on my sleeve, showing that it's there because I want to be a beacon of hope for these other guys. Not only that it's okay to actually get help, but that it's okay to be broken. And, we're, and, and none of us are the same. You know, none of us are exactly going to experience things the same way. Some of us are going to have a hard time and some of us are harder time than others. And, um, and, I, and I think that it's important that we're, that we're honest about that. Do you think that perhaps if we flip that mask around right now, some of that sharp glass is dulled a little. You know, I I, I think I think it's kind of like that uh kind of like that river stone or that um or that sea glass really. You know, where it's always there, the edges will round and erode a bit, and it's gonna take time for them to really really get good and 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 round. So it's still pretty sharp, but you know it's it's eroding, and I and I and I can feel that progress is being made there. So yeah, I mean, it's it, is it you know, would it be if this was actually like a an accurate physical representation? Would 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 somebody be able to look at it when I made it and look at it now and, and see the difference? I, I I couldn't say, but I can feel some difference, and 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 you know, and the difference is now I'm not hopeless like I like I was, you know, I, that that hopelessness is is different you know like i i mean i i can still see it i can still feel a kinship with the fact that it, that it was like that for all this time but but it's not it's not heavy like it was it's you know it's like i feel like i'm on the verge of something really really great that i'm moving forward thanks so much to air force veteran john hicks for taking us through your process of making your mask and bringing us up close to both the inside and the outside Thank you for your service, John, and we wish you the very best of luck in your next chapter out in Chicago this year. Thanks to Dr. Lisa Wong of Arts and Humanities at Harvard Medical School for joining us. And thanks to Homebase's own Jen Nealon, expressive arts therapist, for all you do every day. Thank you for listening, and if you haven't already, please subscribe to us at Homebase Nation, wherever you listen. And we'd love to hear from you and get your feedback. So please connect with us through the website, and we'd love you to write a review on Apple Podcasts. This episode was co-produced and edited by Lucy Little. Homebase Nation is the official podcast of Homebase Program for Veterans and Military Families, a partnership of the Massachusetts General Hospital and the Red Sox Foundation. I'm Ron Hirschberg, your host, and thank you for listening. <laughs>